No, seriously, I just don't feel comfortable talking about it. You need to. You're wound up. You're like one of these action figures all hermetically sealed in your box. You gotta, you gotta play with Don't, 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 don't take it out. I'm sorry. You know what? It's just, it loses its value if you take it out of its packaging. I'm just saying, let it out. Give it some air, man. Play with it. Episode 35. The moon with the rebel base will be in range in 30 minutes, 30 minutes. Every time Catherine revved up the microwave, I'd piss my pants and forget who I was for a half hour or so. It's 30 minutes away. I'll be there in 10. I'll be there in 10. Is this a five-minute argument or a full half hour? You have 30 minutes to move your car. Move your car. You have 30 minutes to move your cube. Your cube. You are listening to A Half Hour Wasted. Now an exciting vanilla flavor. And now, here are your hosts, Brad Milo and Frank A. Rincon. So, so she's all like, you don't even remember the name of your own show. It's a half hour wasted. It's not 56 minutes wasted. It's not 45 minutes wasted. You can have to change the name of your show. Well, sometimes we just get on a, did you tell us sometimes we just get on a roll? I said sometimes we just get in a groove. Yeah. And I'm like, that's how we roll. Yeah. And when you have a roll, what do you want to put on it? Butter. Butter. Yeah. And that's how we roll that's with butter. We, and cinnamon sprinkles sugared on it. Yeah. It was my yeah. daughter. That was your daughter. Hey, I think that's yours. These are your notes. Yes, thank you. Okay. Hey, guys. Welcome to A Half Hour Wasted. Wonderful episode number 35. Is that it? This Today's 35. Wow. Yes. Wow. If an if episodes were money, we'd be we'd have thirty five dollars. If if each episode was one dollar. That's right. Or if each episode was a million, uh huh, we'd be thirty five million dollars richer. You know, that's a better that's a better I way know. of putting things. It's much better. Okay. Sometimes I'm not smart. Hey guys, welcome to a half hour wasted. Blah blah blah. I'm Frank. I'm Brad. Blah blah Brad. Blah. And be sure to visit us at thecomicforums.com. Thank you very much. Brad put a little note on my computer, so I will not forget that. And Brad, I think you want to bring something up. Yes, don't you? we mentioned it briefly at the end of uh, episode thirty-four mm-hmm. with uh, Freddie Williams Jr. FW two. FW two. I said Jr. I meant the mm-hmm. second FW two. He's a really cool guy. Cool guy. And that's what Ashley was was getting on to me about. Actually, no, she hadn't heard that. She was talking about the episode 33 with the Star Wars uh-huh. episode one, the one that we call her on. Mm-hmm. She's all like, it's 45 minutes, Daddy. Mm-hmm. And we hope like, that's not whatever. Uh, She's a ideally that's, now, so she has yeah. attitude. Yeah. Well, ideally, that's not a problem for anyone out there. No. Just, you know, we don't want to stop bonus, it if it's good. It's a bonus size. It's a bonus. All right. Um, okay, so what do you want to share with I us? I wanted Brian? to say that we mentioned this briefly on the way out of the Freddie Williams episode. But we now have a voicemail line nice, in which people can call and leave audio comments. Let me give you the number. It's 614-715-3900. Hang on. I'm going to type this up. And this will be the only time we ever give it out, right? No. No, we'll put it on the notes. And it's on the forum. By the, the way, I'm not through with the number. It's kind of like having to dial two phone numbers. Okay. It's a pain, but we're worth it. Yeah. It's like L'Oreal. It's Loria. <laughs> We're worth it. <laughs> We're worth it. Wow. Uh, you have to dial that number, uh, 614-715-3900. Then you have to dial an extension number, 
0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-0-
of Tony the Timer, which is the little timer you hear after 30 minutes. Uh, his name is affectionately called Tony. In fact, it's on there, so everyone can see. And uh, so we'll take a picture of it, and Brad and I will autograph, and you can it'll be suitable for framing. Funny. Yeah. Boy, we are just, we are cracking them up out there. I know. I know. Boy, we are comedy genius. Hear that comedy train pulling up? It's more like it. That makes me want to go camping. <laughs> okay, but we have a... Okay, so that's the first contest. You yes, guys first know what to contest. do. Call we'll the put, number 614-715-3900-775-0064, pound. And we will put that in the show notes, and so don't we'll, fret. Yes, we will, and we'll we'll put it... Um, we will put the uh, we will play the winning voicemail on the air. And uh, only voicemails, no emails, no forum. That's right. Uh, you, can't, you you can't guess on the forum. I mean, you can, but we're not going to take that as an answer. Yeah. The first actual phone call voicemail we get. Yeah. Figured we needed a way to get you guys participated. Yeah. Participated. Participating. Participating. Um, okay, so I guess the meat of this program is we decided we're going to uh, go through the comments from episode 33, which was the Star Wars It was a episode. very popular episode. Yeah, and like I said, we're going to do all the movies. Yes, and we are. And we have, we have started lining up guests for each one of the episodes. Let's run through them. Okay. Just for ourselves. Um, Who's on two or three? Oh, we haven't decided for two or three yet. Well, have we talked to the guy that we're ta- thinking about having on number three? Uh, yes, he he does know that he we does? would like him for either two or three. But Did you we tell haven't him? decided for two or three. Let's yet. make him three. Okay, okay. In that case, uh, Ashley, your daughter, will be on number be two. Two, uh, Johnny M. On Johnny the M. Will be on three. So Johnny M. Start watching. Episode three. Uh, episode three. For you did you did ask him? Yes. Cool. And he's cool. excited. Awesome. And for episode four, and you hope. Well, I've already talked to him, uh-huh. and he says that'd be great. My and friend Todd Hartzell. Todd Hartzell. He, he wrote us an email concerning our episode thirty-three. Uh-huh. Um, I threw it in the trash. No, here it is. I'm mm-hmm. right here. Uh, he wrote us an email talking about episode thirty-three, and he's like the biggest Star Wars fan that I know. You said he has a room. He's got a Star Wars it. room. That's it's cool. He's got every action figure. It's just cool. I'm not even gonna talk about it because it makes me misty eyed. <laughs> And who do we, I can't remember who we decided for Lawson? Uh, for, oh, Lawson, the voice for of Yoda. The um, voice of earlier Yoda. episode. He wants he wants to do uh, episode five. And and actually, you were the best man at his wedding. You you I guys was. are are easily best friends. Oh yeah, he's my yeah. best bud. And and then for the last one, we're going to bring back Bill McGonagall. Bill McGonagall. We haven't asked him yet, but we're pretty sure, I'm sure he'll, he'll say yes. jump at the chance. Yeah. And we um like I said, these aren't going to come one after the other after the other, but um. They're going to be spread out a bit. But they will be spread out. So anyway, so let's jump into some of these comments. You want to talk, You want to read Todd's email? Yes. So these are just comments what you guys thought about the show or what other people thought about the show. They left them on the forum and, in this case, an email. Brad, take it away. Todd wrote us an email to halfhourwasted at gmail.com. Todd, by the way, is the drummer for my, my uh, the, for the Sundogs, that, Sundogs. that band. Got and that I'm taking Frank a time or two to see him. Yeah. Uh, Todd says, okay, I can't resist. The simple reason the new films don't have the resonance that the older ones do is that the classic trilogy followed the hero's journey to a T. We are introduced to Luke within 30 minutes of the beginning of episode four, and we follow him throughout. We know immediately that he is a kid who has dreams, but we just, but we don't just hear about him being held back. We actually see his uncle holding on to him and keeping him from harm's way. It's only one more season. Right, isn't that what Uncle Owen said? Yes. It's only one more scene. When Luke stands in the desert as the sun set and the music swells, that's Todd's 
favorite mm-hmm. part of the, of Star Wars, by the way, with the binary sunset. Yeah. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, John Williams and the London Philharmonic Orchestra. <laughs> You know, anyway. Brett, I, as as a kid, because when I saw you know when I first went to the sure. theater, um, I can remember just getting excited about that. It was a cool. It was a cool visual. I mean, yeah, I think even as a kid, I realized not only that there were two sons, but that something exciting was going to happen. Oh yeah, because that music. Yeah. John Williams is a genius. Yeah. Let's see. Um, when Luke stands in the desert as the sun set and the music swells, they have a well earned moment. And we are locked in with Luke. We want to see him succeed because every one of us knows what it means to have our dreams repressed. The film and the original trilogy, for that matter, from that point on, becomes a hero's journey as Luke discovers his destiny. In episode one, as you guys said, it's all talk. No scenes of devastation as the robots land on Naboo. You even said that. Mm -hmm. Anakin is said to be a slave, but why don't we see him being forced to do things against his will? And would it not have been more powerful if Qui-Gon had seen Anakin as a slave using the Force to move heavy objects? Oh, my God. Yeah, isn't that great? Listen. I mean, imagine a scene where Anakin and the other slaves are moving heavy stones. Qui-Gon is trying to do business with Watto. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Uh, Trying to do business with Watto when one of the heavy stones falls and tries to react yeah, and, and Qui-Gon tries to react to deflect the stone as it almost hits another slave. But before he can before he can do that, Anakin reacts and pushes the stone away. That would be cool to see him do that, you know? Wow. Uh, he says, that's only an idea, but the first rule of film is show me, don't tell me. If we'd had something like that and then shown Anakin still being held back, the moment when Anakin hugs his mother before leaving Tatooine would have had some real resonance. As it is, Anakin is just a kid who has nothing to escape from, and nothing to struggle for. His character suffers from that problem through the rest of the films. Yeah. Okay, it's a ramble, but if you guys talk Star Wars, I have to chime in. Todd. And he's right, though. You know, when he was saying goodbye to his mom, yeah. it really didn't mean a whole lot to me. It was like he was going to camp. Yeah. It really was. Hello, mother. <laughs> Hello, Hello, father. father. <laughs> but there's not a father because it's an immaculate conception. conception. Okay. Immaculate conception. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it sounded like a little bit like Chewbacca. Uh, so Johnny M writes, episode one gets some extra fan points because it's been like two, 22 years since we had seen any new Star Wars material. I agree that the opening scene was just plain awesome for anyone jonesing for new Star Wars action. Bill said as much. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it, it, it had we, been we years just, since we were waiting. Yeah. Uh, Jar Jar is brutal. Yes, he I is. I think we can all agree with that. The Viceroy, the Chinese-sounding guy, was pretty bad. Something about the way their mouths moves, not to mention the stereotypical accents. Yeah, you know. Their uh, mouths, the, that one bottom lip was doing this the whole yeah. time. I, I, and I, it was I, some, I, it felt like it was out of sync. Doesn't that look, I can see myself in the reflection of that, that window. We're yeah, radio, Brad. Uh, <laughs> sorry. I could see it totally. Okay. But, uh, theater of the imagination. Theater of the mind. Uh, didn't mind the pod race so much, but didn't love it either. That was actually the highlight. The theater that I was in had a great sound system. Where'd you go see it? Um, somewhere was in it North Park. No, 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 no. Todd saw it at North Park, and he says he swears by that sound system. George really? Lucas designed that sound oh, system wow. years ago. I just remember. Yeah. He's got something to say here about Darth Maul. Darth uh, can't. Get can't say enough about Darth Maul. In my opinion, he is the coolest Star Wars character ever. One of my favorite, 
in theater moments ever is when Darth Maul starts up his saber, waits for a second, wait a second, and then the wait other turns it. on. Oh gosh, I remember that. Oh my god, he has a double lightsaber. That's what Johnny M says. Not to mention, uh, during the saber battle, that walls block them. Uh, for, oh, when those walls blocked him for a few seconds, and Obi-Wan is meditating while Darth Maul is pacing like a caged tiger. He actually meant Qui-Gon there. He said Obi-Wan, but he meant Qui-Gon oh, is yeah. meditating. That is an awesome scene. I, mean, I always it, wondered. It, yes, it is. I, I, I loved the fact that he would t- he shut his lightsaber off. He got down on his knees. And he took the time, mm-hmm. you know, closed his eyes and meditating. And like he says, Maul's going back and forth like, a t- like he just, <clears throat> you can see him drooling. And Qui-Gon's like, it's chilling because that's how he rolls. <laughs> You know, you know, you know, you know, rolls, you know, I didn't quite get what those walls, those were. wall thing. I've had discussions. I might've even had a discussion with Todd Hartzell about this, but really when you think about it, those walls, the only purpose they served was to separate Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan. Yeah. Um, once Darth Maul knocked, obi-wan off that one level and he fell down to another level mm-hmm. he realized okay now's my chance to separate these two guys this is todd hartzell's argument mm-hmm. i believe it was todd if it wasn't todd i apologize he says okay now's my chance to separate separate these two guys because i wasn't making any headway when i'm fighting both of them mm-hmm. at the same time so he took them down that hallway knowing that those red things how he knew they were there i don't know suspend your disbelief yeah. uh maybe he saw them out of his peripheral vision or his sitho vision Maybe he's has anyway. He's like, okay, if I can get them separated, then I can take them apart one at a time. Right. I can kill them one at a time, two at a time. They're, they're too tough for me. That's really all those red things did yeah. was separate the two. So, you know, it's a cool visual. It was a poor plot device, though. I mean, yeah. I, I, I think I, at that point, Lucas was like, "How do I get these guys separated?" Because you know, these are Jedi in their prime, and they're too tough even for a Sith Lord. Too. Really good Jedi's. I got to do something to separate them. Yeah, George. You know what we should do? Um, make some type of electronic wall and just call it a generator. Mm. <laughs> uh, let's see. Going back to his notes. Do 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 do. I can't believe they killed him off. I fault Lucas for waiting uh, for um, wanting a new villain in every movie so I can sell more toys and lunch boxes. I think we talked. I don't know if we talked about this on air or not, but I can remember. It might have been a fan thing, but there were some pictures leaked of Darth Maul, who was supposed to be in Episode 2, and he had spider legs on it, on oh, him. Oh, yeah. I, I never saw those pictures, but I remember you telling me about it. Yeah, I think I think that was... It was, was like the, the upper half of his body, right? right? I think it was fan fiction, but I, I think we saw him and thought, oh my gosh, that would be so cool. Something on a tangent, and I talked about you, but I want to share it with the listeners. Uh, in the Star Wars comics that Dark Horse had mm-hmm. been putting out after that, I think it was one of these Star Wars tales, which are like, they're kind of like extra stories, but they're not really in canon. It was um, a group of dark Jedi. Excuse you. It smells like hamburger. Uh, (laughs) It just lost my appetite. A group of dark Jedi found. God, keep going. uh, Half of Darth Maul's body. Oh, we were, you were telling me about this and just they, the other day. Maybe they found both halves. Whatever. He was dead. They found mm-hmm. his body. They cloned him. And a couple years later, when the clone was ready, uh, they summoned. They tricked Darth Vader mm-hmm. when he was still fresh in his prime or whatever. Mm-hmm. They tricked him. Actually, it would have been 
10, 15 years later because of the difference between oh, episodes yeah. one and two. Mm-hmm. They lured, that's the word I'm looking for, they lured Darth Vader to uh, some planet where the Darth Maul clone had been fully grown. Mm-hmm. And because they believed Darth Maul was a better Sith than Darth Vader could ever be and wanted Darth Maul to kill Darth Vader so Darth Maul could lead the Sith back to oh, glory. Okay. And of course Vader, you know, clean the floor with him. Do you remember if he had his double he sword? Did. Oh, he did, okay. his double sword. Interesting. Yeah, it was neat it was a neat concept, but Darth Vader won. Okay. And it was comic book? Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's see. Mini chlorines are a joke. Mm-hmm. I agree that Portman was wooden, uh, but I thought that uh, might be that might have been kind of what they were going for. And I don't know about that. I mean, because everyone was so wooden in that. And you know, I've heard theories about it. Like, um, you know, George Bush wanted or George Bush, um, George Lucas wanted this to be kind of like a serial from the 1940s and 30s, and they typically had bad acting in that. <laughs> But uh, <laughs> it just reminded me of serial music from the 30s. And oh, 40s. yeah. <laughs> so um, I, I don't know about that. But um, having he, he said that about he agrees Portman was wooden. Um, and upon thinking of uh, listening to our episode later, mm-hmm. um, even though I didn't think she was a great actress in the first movie, mm-hmm. her performances in the second and third movie were even worse. Yeah. Yeah. OK. Um, and he goes on, you know, she was she was raised to be super diplomatic machine. Can't be. uh improper in any way maybe that was the idea but then this is interesting this this made me think about it here's a question do you guys think that qui-gon um was had relations Simi, had relations with uh shimmy shmi shmi um uh, there's a moment where qui-gon spends the night and comes out for breakfast and he puts his hands on her shoulders and they give kind of a smile to each other hmm. i think i uh, i told him i think that they were he was reading into that. Yeah, but still it's fun to think about. And then here's his list of the order of the way to move his favorites. Uh, from, number one. From best to least. From uh, from best to least. Empire, New Hope, Revenge of the Sith, Attack of the Clones, Jedi. Uh, Jabba the Hutt saves it from the sixth spot. From the sixth spot. And Phantom Menace. I don't know what saves it from the sixth spot means. Well, save it, instead of it being the worst movie. Oh, The only oh, reason gotcha. it was better than Phantom Menace is because Jabba the Hutt was in it. Gotcha, yeah. Again, great job. Thank you. You want to read Hero Mask? Yeah. He says, uh, sometimes I find it hard to say that episode one is my least favorite. I still think of all six movies as one big story, at least one in three, one through three and four through six as two stories. Episode one was the most disjointed of the bunch in my mind. All the other movies were close together in time, maybe three years apart. Episode one coming 10 years before episode two was a little jarring. Episode one has what I call moments of greatness that make it superb as a Star Wars movie. The first 10 minutes... Uh, slicing open a door with a lightsaber, lots and lots of lightsaber action. You know, Bill, Yeah, I, I think we all agreed that, that that was just some really cool stuff to see their Jedi doing. Uh, Jedi stuff. Yeah, what they needed to do. The pod race, just the speed, sound, intensity. I still love sitting in a surround sound situation mm-hmm. and crank the the volume up to 11. <laughs> and Sebulba's, uh, they, all those, all those pod races, racers, they all sounded just, a little different, mm-hmm. you know. They all had their unique yes. audio signature, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, so Bubbles was like gun, 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 gun. <laughs> it was awesome. He says uh, the intro of Darth Maul when the double doors slid open, Qui Gon and Obi Wan dropping the robes and walking up like a couple of cowboys ready for a gunfight. Nice. And of course the the uh, the big lightsaber duel, 
between the three of them. Yeah. And then, unfortunately, not so great moments, Jar Jar, the dialogue, and the soundtrack ruining Qui-Gon's death. Yeah, still, still bummed me out that... Yeah. And, you know, he goes on to agree with a lot of the things we said. Mm-hmm. There's that part about uh, Aura Singh. Yeah. Right he says, I thought I remember hints being dropped just like Mace Windu. Just that just like Mace Windu, she had a larger role in the next movie or two. They have fleshed her out more in the comics. Yeah. They had a whole issue devoted to her. Maybe even a like a six issue arc of the Star Wars series. Jim uh, Bob. June Bob. Awesome, awesome, awesome. It was great to see you guys back in schedule. Oh, because we were off on vacation. Mm-hmm. Um I think you guys did a fantastic job on this episode episode although i kind of don't understand the heavy-handed comments against jar jar i have to admit he is he was as annoying as possible but also have to note that there are people in real life that are kind of like jar jar what that we love love to hate or hate to love i know i think he served his purpose for the show uh you know the only purpose i think he served was for the kids for the, for the very young because that's really who he seems to talk to about it anyway uh he continues I think it's a big bit contradictory that you were kind of upset that they tried to explain everything and took took away a bit of the magic by introducing the midi chlorines, but yet thought that Jar Jar took away from the seriousness of the storyline. Eh. I don't understand what he means by that. Uh, I, yeah, Is he I, saying I, that we were upset, like he says, that they took away a bit of the magic, but Jar Jar was there because he was magical? I don't know. It may be I, a, I, I, it may I, be a Korean English translation <laughs> thing going on here. I'm not really sure. But um I think he sees what he means, but you know, those are those are the two extreme cases um uh June Bob. It's that you, you know, Jar Jar was just too silly, Medichlorines was just too serious, too uh analytical. You know. But anyway, great to see Bill back on the show. Thunderbird. Hey, there's my uh oh, cell phone. Sorry you about run that. Laps. Um you, you, oh, you I must have, have I must have disconnected the uh, the phone because I was just going to answer it and say, "Hey, I'm, hey, I'm uh, recording." But can oh, okay. I call you back? One of those things. Anyway, okay. Thunderbird, I can't remember his real name. I think he introduced himself on the you know Who Are You thread yes, on yes. the board. He says, "Hey, great show, uh, Frank. You lived up to your word. It was extra, it was extra hot and fluffy." I I PM'd him because he was a new listener. I wondered what that meant. And he was right before, uh, you know, right before we went on vacation. He said, "Hey, I just started listening." So I felt bad, and I said, "Hey, you know what? Uh, sorry, we went on vacation, but we're going to be back next week with an extra hot and fluffy episode." Okay. So he says, "I like the dissemination of the Star Wars movies." And always enjoy hearing about other folks' views on movies that aren't necessarily my favorites. Bill had some good points as to why this movie uh, was better than I had originally thought. I mentioned in another thread how bad an, an, uh, of an idea I thought the midichlorians was, and I stand by that. If they would have left something, left if they would have left as something mysterious and magical, I would have been much happier with this one. Again, great episode and keep them coming. Thank you, Thunderbird. Mark, his name's Mark. Mark, yay. Um, then we have some witty banter that we're gonna. Go to page seven, Melville's Fist. Adam. Uh, why is it that with every new alien species for the movie, they look cartoony? Look at the podcasters, the Gungans, etc. The podcasters? There was or, podcasters or in the episode pod one? Racer. Yes, remember they had that podcast? Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, the pod racers, the Gungans, etc. What happened to the humanoid species like the, and I can't say that, the, the Quarren? Is she Tibbs? Uh-huh. On calamari, uh-huh. Nico, etc. All the species look like they came from the Hanna Barbera 
uh, point and stare freak show at the county, <laughs> county fair. Give props. Greg Proops. Greg Proops from Whose Line Is It Anyway should not be a pod racer announcer. Man alive. I could tell it was him. Uh, was Howard Cosell busy? Uh, you look like an angel. You look like a mush. And you, my little mush, mush puff. Poof, look like a falling star. Um, Adam's nuts. Yeah, let's see. What was I going to say about that? Oh, y- you know why they had so many crazy uh, aliens in there? My theory why? is because they could do it. Because they, they could, could now that they. Yeah, because, I mean, before in all Star Wars movie, it, would, it always had to be a guy in a suit. Guy in a suit. Yeah. Guy in a suit. Uh, even with the Ewoks, those were little people, but still there were guys in suits. Now they could have creatures with skinny, skinny legs and bulbous bodies. Um, just, but you know, just because they can do it doesn't mean they should do it. I liked uh, Sebulba. I thought he was cool. He how he, he walked cool. on his hands, yes. held his his legs up like that. Yes, I thought he was very cool. different. Max Headroom, Misa, thank you. You said did a goodie episode, boyos. I ranked this one at number four. That's his fourth favorite. Mm. Things he enjoyed. Watto, great character, and I liked how the Jedi mind trick didn't work on him. That I thought that was cool, too. That was what awesome. Do you think you're a Jedi waving your arms around yeah. like that? I can remember the theater cracking up. Only money. Mm. He says he likes pod race. Jabba pushing those rat-like creatures off the ledge. It mm-hmm. was just a throwaway shot of him reaching out and just flicking one off yeah. with his pudgy finger. Establishing shots of Naboo above and below water. Tatooine, Darth Maul, how the Senate looked. I did like... It was neat seeing how big and expansive that Senate mm-hmm. was. Uh, the double whatever you call it lightsaber Maul had. I can see a Daffy Duck's Robin Hood cartoon trying to master it. Yeah, that would be funny. <laughs> uh, of course, the last lightsaber duel, R2-D2, uh, as always. Not enough of him. I never heard anybody say how much they liked R2-D2. You know, yeah, I don't think I've ever heard anybody say, can't have enough R2-D2. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I, yeah. And he likes John Williams. Yeah. Jen Williams was great. Things he didn't enjoy really quick. Explaining the force of how they detect it. Strongly agree with Frank on this. The Mace Windu stand-in at the end. There was, at the end, you know, at the big celebration, uh-huh. there was one shot where it showed all the Jedi standing up there uh-huh. where you could kind of quickly see Samuel L. Jackson. Uh-huh. But then there was another shot of some Jedi, and there was a bald black man there who was not, Samuel L. Jackson. Really? Yeah, go back and look at Never it. Never caught that. Yeah, that always annoyed me. Um, he did not enjoy Padme's reveal to the Gungans. Mm-hmm. He did not uh, uh, like Jake Lloyd's acting, which is interesting because in the point before, he says Jake Lloyd's acting really shines during Padme's reveal to the Gungans. Remember, he gets that, that funny look on his face with a big <laughs> smile and turns and looks like, well... <laughs> Oh, he he likes R two D two. Not enough R two and three PO. They are the comic relief, not a Charlie Chaplin, Buster Keaton, Jar Jar Binks. Yeah, you know, I and I and I think Jar Jar probably wanted, or Lucas wanted Jar Jar to be that that comic relief, but R two D two and C three PO just provided such a good did a good job with it. You know, mm-hmm. um, you want to go through those other points real fast. Uh, he did not like the captain of Padme's ship. Good thing they didn't have to escape through an asteroid field. Yeah, that guy was kind of. Mm. He he was almost just like he really didn't care to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, he thought Lucas should have directed a smaller film before this to work out the kinks or at least have one person uh, with the stones to tell him no. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I I thought it was a little big of an undertaking for him not having directed anything in as long I as agree. he did. I agree. Uh, 
He says, where'd all those other battle stations go at the end? Remember at the one at the end, there was just the one that was controlling the droid army. Oh, yeah, that's right. And all those Trade Federation ships at the beginning that mm-hmm. were surrounding the planet, they were all gone. It was mm-hmm. just the one at the end. What gives? What gives? I'll tell you what gives. Are they? Get some moxie. Um... Okay, and then we have, uh, we'll, we'll jump down to this one, Logan McLo- McLeod. 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 I agree with the whole immaculate conception thing. Seems to be real misplaced when I first saw it in episode one. However, it does make much more sense and really showed how long and carefully Pad- um, Palpatine. Palpatine had planned this in episode three during the opera scene. Palpatine is telling Anakin the story of another Sith who became the most powerful master of the Force ever known and how his apprentice killed his master in his sleep. The master could manipulate the Force any way he could, even to create life. You know what? I'm I'm glad we read this because when I read this comment, I was like, yeah, you know what? Because once we got to episode three, wow, when Palpatine was telling that story to, to Anakin in the balcony mm-hmm. at the opera or whatever, yeah. he was... It it finally got around to the point where I'm thinking, okay, this Darth Plagueis guy was so strong in the Force that he could create life, and he taught his he taught his uh, his apprentice uh-huh. who is Palpatine. I don't know how we know that, but we do know that. I don't. It's think, inferred. It's never said, but it's inferred. I think they talk about it in the Episode Three novelization. Uh-huh. I think they mention that. Um, but yeah, it, it it leads you to believe that perhaps. Palpatine himself created Anakin through the Force uh, because, you know, his master Darth Plagueis taught him everything he knew. So with that, that makes that whole immaculate conception thing for me a little easier to deal with and it it actually makes a little more sense. I mean, him saying this right now, uh, uh, Logan saying this, it's like I just had a... A revelation. A revelation. Everyone I've discussed these movies with agree that uh, Palpatine was the apprentice or at least in the line of apprentice master. And he came to contact with uh, Shimmy to create uh, – how do you say her name? Shmi. Shmi to create life in her. Palpatine essentially created Anakin through the Force, not just spontaneous con- uh, conception, but by the Force itself. Yeah. I think – I think, and he, he continues saying – Basically, mm-hmm. that because of the conversation in episode three, mm-hmm. it really makes that that um, whole midi chlorian thing uh, and the immaculate conception actually not be as lame, mm. you know. And then uh, wet, wet rats, rats hates Jar Jar. <laughs> no, uh, no, no. I beg your pardon. He hates C three PO way more than Jar Jar. He's always hated C three PO. I wonder why. Um, the nonsense with his misplaced head in episode two makes an otherwise great battle scene nearly unwatchable for me. Really? What a drag. Remember when R2-D2's dragging him through the yeah. arena? What a drag. What this a is drag. such a drag. Yeah. Another hey, good episode, huh? Yeah. About 35 minutes. That's good. Okay. Well, let's shut her down, my friend. All right. All right. Remember, visit us at thecomicforums.com. The there you go. Um, or drop us a mail at halfhourwaste at gmail.com. Uh, tell your friends about us. Always trying to get our numbers up. Go back to the beginning of the episode and listen to the new voicemail number. Right. Complete with extension. And we will put and, that in the show notes. And enter our contest. Right. And for, for, uh, for this week. This is Frank A. Rincon, Brad Milo, saying goodbye and catch you next week. Bye. Bye.